0: what's
1: up bitches i'm gaia and i'm Mitha and this is bitch why our podcast where we talk about all the things we like and dislike and why anyone would make them
0: we are just a couple of artsy bitches learning what makes our good and how to talk about it tell me about your snacks of this week
1: okay so like obviously like world is bad or whatever um that's like a thing we know that um a few days ago I was, like, just doom-scrolling on Twitter, and I saw this, like, Twitter thread about golf being, like, a total waste of land and water and resources.
0: Listen to the Revisionist History episode about golf. Sorry.
1: Oh, no. Okay. You gotta, you
0: gotta listen to it. <laughs>
1: I've just been on, like, a rampage about golf. Did
0: you know people pay tax, taxes on golf course land even though it's not public property? What? Yeah, like, I'm people so pay pissed. taxes to, like, like maintain it, even though it's, they can't use it, but they have to maintain it.
1: I'm so angry, like, literally all Monday I just tweeted about how much I fucking hate golf and, like, how angry I am at golf as, like, a thing that exists, Um, and, like, white people really stole land just so they could, like, cut the grass down and then, like, hit a bunch of balls around on it. Like, are you kidding me? Are you joking me? I am so angry. This is my snack. It's an angry snack, but it's fine because it's I, like, truly just needed something to be angry about that was, like, dumb. And actually, it's not even that dumb. It's actually, like, a maybe it's a, a bigger problem than we thought. It is but a like, big
0: problem.
1: I would love if golf just ended. It's such a waste of, of space. And I would love to build community gardens and animal sanctuaries and homeless shelters over all the golf courses. There's a golf course, like, near my, my house, and, like, I drive by it every day, and, like, There's all these like old people like not wearing masks and I'm like wear a fucking mask. If you're gonna go do your leisure activity that like no one else can do like maybe you should just wear your fucking mask. Anyway like I'm really angry at golf this week.
0: You absolutely 100% should be.
1: Yeah it's such a white colonialist bullshit sport and I live by that.
0: (laughs) It's fake.
1: Gaia what are you snacking on?
0: I, like, worked eight days in a row, and it was, like, not that sexy, so most of my snacks have just been long, extensive, and sexy naps. However, so <laughs> I, as, as many of you know, I live on a farm in Maine. Take a shot. Yeah, I know. Everyone take a shot. As part of this thing, they have this thing called the Common Ground Country Fair, and everyone gets together and shares agricultural wisdom and like food and stuff. And it's obviously not happening in person this year, but it's been happening online. And we watched one of the keynote speakers on Friday. Her name's Leah Penniman, and she wrote a book called Farming While Black African Diasporic Wisdom for, Ah! I think, Organic Farming. I can't remember the title um but she runs a farm called Soulfire Farms where she like teaches bipoc people like farming like indigenous farming methods and indigenous african farming methods and she was talking about like how the legacy of like agriculture like comes from people of color and like about how like women who were being kidnapped to become slaves would braid like seeds into their hair to like continue to like carry the traditions of farming and like a lot of like what we see think of as like soul food or like southern food like is from those plants and so we were talking about like decolonizing farming and it just made me really really excited about food justice if you're a BIPOC and you're interested in learning more about farming you should definitely check out Soulfire Farm because they've got some really cool experiential farming things for BIPOC people that are like really incredible. And this woman was like incredibly wise and amazing. It made me really excited about like organic farming <laughs> and the world. It made me feel like climate change could be solved. So that was exciting.
1: I love that. You know what we should do? Is we should
0: start a theater farm
1: yes on a on what used to be a golf course (gasps) nita (laughs) i
0: like like my brain like my brain was just thinking about like how sexy it would be to like restore the soil health of a golf course like the golf course is like 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 grass is like the ultimate monoculture
1: yes oh my god and, like, and then we could, because I always talk about how veganism is great, but, like, sometimes kind of, like, racist to, like, ask it do all be these. Racist. Yeah, it's it's hard to ask all these cultures with traditional dishes to, to like, stop making them because America and the West um, industrialize the meat industry when, like... <laughs> my people <laughs> have been like just like having like basically what i guess they're called farms but i don't know if they're called farms in india but like mm-hmm. um farms with with cows and goats and and like and stuff and like that's like life like that's what life is over there um and it's not industrialized in the same way and it's like unfair to like make us stop yeah. because 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 white people ruined it
0: there's so much people don't know about like farming like I would love to do this is like totally unrelated to bitch why although food is not unrelated to anything because it's what we eat um Mm -hmm. but I'm just gonna like go on a little organic farming rant um do it but a a lot of a lot of like vegans and vegetarians like I I'm generally a vegetarian I'm eating meat while I'm on this farm right now because all of the meat that we have is our own meat and so I've been only eating the meat of animals that I'm literally taking care of every day Mm -hmm. and so what a lot of people don't know is like having animals on farms is actually really important for soil health so like mm-hmm. if you want to do like that good good farming where you have like great nutritious soil then you can um, then having livestock is really important another thing that's really like key is like a lot of vegan proteins come from soy and soy is like the worst for the environment it is like destroying our soil Also, um, one of the things that like she that uh, Leo was talking about was about how things can be like organically farmed, but still not like ethically produced, like, like Mm. she was talking about how she thinks organic farming should have a tenant for like workers rights. And like that should be one of the requirements for being organic. And like that is really key. We actually um, butchered one of our animals here a couple days ago um the same day actually we watched the speaker and i've part of the reason i wanted to come to a farm that had livestock is because like if i ever want to consume meat i think i need to have an intimate familiarity with the way meat is produced and the way i think meat should be produced and so it's been really important to me to learn about the process of raising and killing animals because maybe i will want to eat meat again one day the way we kill animals here is very gentle and our one of the women who owns the farm is a pastor she's really really great about like what it means to like give a life and how like when we eat food like we are part of a great biome of things that get eaten and one day we will be eaten and that's like I think that's very sexy of her, um, and it's a very gentle and painless process. But one of the things that one of the other volunteers brought up was how most animals aren't killed that way, and so it's like been really interesting to learn more about the meat industry and also organic farming. I'm like really hype about organic farming right now.
1: In high school, I worked for an NGO about uh, a NGO for fair trade chocolate because people will always be like, "Chocolate's vegan," and I'm like. Uh, can be dark chocolate can be vegan um but also have you ever thought about like the people who have to pick cocoa beans and stuff so like that's a problem so yeah no that's true that like organic farming is not always ethical
0: you know something katherine said to me yesterday that really hit about Ooh. workers rights which is pertinent given what we're about to talk about Is I know. she was like When you see a shirt that is $2, and I think this can, like, apply Mm -hmm. to, like, if you see an organic vegetable that is, like, $2 or, like, $1, Mm -hmm. think about, like, the amount of hours that went into creating that shirt and, like, the amount of material that went into creating that shirt and ask yourself, why is that shirt $2? Why is that piece of food $2? Because, like, in order for someone to be, like, fairly compensated for their labor, $2 isn't even minimum wage if it takes under an hour to make that shirt.
1: Yeah. And it definitely does not. Yeah. And it doesn't. Well, that's the problem with the fast fashion industry. That's the problem with farming and like how it's done in like an industrial sense. And also it's unfortunate that like that. Like I would like much rather buy a two dollar shirt because I am a broke college student and there is no ethical consumption under capitalism.
0: Yeah. Buy secondhand as much as you can. Figure out where your food is coming from. I didn't even realize how much environmentalism was important to me until like this year.
1: But it's oh like Oh my god. All I think about. in all of my classes we've been doing land acknowledgments and <gasps> yes. I am so in love with with that and then also like I found a digital land acknowledgment which maybe I'll put in the show notes or something because it's just like so lovely and and it's so weird To be, like, moving through spaces, like, with you, and then in class where we are, like, so thoughtful about the way we're moving throughout the world, and then to, like, turn on the TV and then, like, see, like, stuff like the debate and, like, people, like, who show literally no empathy for anyone and, like, to just see, like, so much, like, anger and hatred is so hard. Because, like, I'm, like, operating in spaces that just have so much love and empathy, and it's very confusing and jarring
0: shit's whack bro Shit's whack. (laughs) but you know what like you and I are gonna like buy a golf course and we don't have any money but like buy us a coffee so we can buy a golf course and start an (laughs) organic farm and make theater (laughs) yes
1: Yes, that's all I want if
0: you are listening to this podcast and you don't want to see our organic farm theater then maybe this isn't the show for you
1: okay organic farm theater and then we just then this is how we get our hamlet production company as well
0: (gasps) that's what I'm thinking Like, I've been thinking a lot about zombie Hamlet in particular, but, like, more to come.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so in love with you. Um... I'm in
0: love with you. Let's get married immediately.
1: (sighs) Let's get married. Okay, we'll have to figure out how to have, like, an ethical Indian wedding just because they're so huge, but we'll figure it out. It'll be on the golf course.
0: Bro, you know what we could do? We could have a wedding on a golf course, and then, like, at the end, we could all vandalize the golf course.
1: No, we're not going to vandalize it. We're going to we're gonna ask so you know how people get wedding gifts. We're just going to ask for donations so that we can buy the golf course. Buy the
0: golf course. This is beautiful. I'm this glad we so figured good. this out. I'm, I'm glad we so, got this all squared. This
1: is all staying in and it's fine because <laughs> what are we talking about this week, Gaia? Uh, we are talking about
0: Parasite this week. Yes! King of class conflict.
1: Yes, we had everybody vote and... Uh, Her listeners picked Parasite. And they're right. And they're right. I mean Us is also a really good movie. Us is also quite sexy. Also, like this entire last year was like the year for like class conflict. Uh what what else came out? Knives, Uncut Gems. Knives Out, Uncut Gems, this horror movie, Ready or Not, which was like so Ready or good. Ready I've and, heard like, it's really good. It's you have to watch it. It's so fun. Like it was such a good time. Um, Hustlers, and then I guess like Joker or whatever. But, <laughs> no. but like, Joker I don't... did have
0: class consciousness, though.
1: <laughs> it did, but it was not race conscious, and I, uh, I will die on that hill. Like fuck the I Joker.
0: Just... But before we truly get into the the bitch what of it all, I think we have to do a roadmap.
1: For the new Bitches on the Block, this is our roadmap. This episode, like all of our episodes, is made up of four parts. Bitch What, an introduction to what we're talking about. Bitch How, a technical rundown of how this thing succeeds and fails as a piece of art bitch time three minutes of our unintelligent unfiltered uncritical feelings and finally bitch why a sum up of the implications and why all of this matters and the bitch meter which is our little diversity score meter that we learned math just to give to you great do you have the
0: video of us reacting to parasite winning
1: Yes, and I'm going to send it to Cameron and he's going to play it right now.
0: When we saw the Academy Awards, we all, we and like uh, a group of friends watched the Academy Awards as a group. And when Bong Joon Ho won Best Director and when it won Best International Film, we were like, fuck, it's going yeah, to 1970. We like,
1: yeah. yeah, it's not going to win the Best Picture. We were all really sad um, and stressed. And we were kind of
0: like rolling our eyes by the time Best Picture rolled around.
1: Yeah. And then we recorded okay. it anyway. We all have videos. And then when um, I think it was Jane Fonda, she she just made a p- sound, and we went "fuck it's parasite," and we like it were was screaming. like crazy. That was the last time I had serotonin because that was in February, right before.
0: Yeah, right before it all. Can you tell me how you first encountered Parasite?
1: Oh, my God. I am from SoCal, and I'm, like, such yes a, like, are. Oscar person. Like, I just love... I I used to love the Oscars. I still love them, but, like, I definitely have a lot of issues with them now. Um, I, like, am always paying attention to, like, what's winning at the film festivals, like, leading up to the Oscars. And I heard about Parasite in, like, the summertime 2019, and I was like what is this like and it was hard to like you I there was no way to like watch it but I like this movie was on my radar and then finally I think was able to watch it in like October and I was like holy shit this movie's fantastic but it won't win because of like the way the Oscars are run I was like an international movie like Roma didn't win the year before so I was like okay it's not gonna win best picture it's great and like but but it's not going to win just because people are not going to get over their, like, biases about, like, international films or, like, films that talk about class in, like, a very explicit way that's, like, actually articulate and good. But then, you know, like, this was the, like, that year was, like, the year of, like, talking about class in movies. Like, I tr- truly think one of the only movies that didn't talk about it was, like, Little Women and, like, 1917.
0: But Little Women does talk about class.
1: Yeah, it talks about, yeah, I, I feel like that movie... Obviously talks about, like, gender a little more than it talks about class. Um, But yeah, Parasite was fucking amazing. I didn't think it was going to win. And then, surprise, it did. And we'll talk about, like, the implications of, like, how important that is later. How did you hear about Parasite?
0: So I heard about it in one of my dramatic writing courses. I study dramatic writing as well as drama. Two useless degrees is better than one useless degree. (laughs) Um... And I I remember we were talking about it a lot in one of my dramatic writing classes, but I actually didn't watch it. I watched it on New Year's Eve with my dad because we tried to watch every single movie that we thought was going to be like an Oscar dom. And my dad famously thought it was going to be a comedy and then got really like freaked out that it wasn't and like had a poor experience watching it. Um, But I thought it was incredible, like right off the bat. I've seen it a couple times since then. One time I saw it in this, like, theater in, the, in Greenwich Village, and a little rat ran across the screen while we were watching it and enjoyed the film with us, and that I thought was very appropriate because <laughs> rats deserve rights.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And I, I don't know. I mean, I've been thinking about it basically nonstop since. I think about Parasite, like, twice a day. I was trying so hard to get the other volunteers here to watch Parasite, but nobody here likes movies, so I, like, cannot get people to sit down and watch this film. I'm like, literally, you are anarcho-communists. Please watch Parasite. And they're like, we're too busy being organic farmers.
1: Why not both?
0: I know! I love Parasite a lot, though. I just think it's quite sexy. And what more do I need to say?
1: (laughs) Exactly. Let's get into bitch what... So
0: parasite starts off following the the little down on their luck Kim family. Um, they're trying to find jobs. They're trying to find a way to pull themselves out of poverty. They're living in a sub basement. One of them gets a supposedly temporary job as a tutor for the wealthy Park family, and he comes up with a scheme along with his family to get everyone in his family jobs in the Park household. So they like fully infiltrate and overthrow all the other working class members of the household so one day the park family goes on vacation and as they are like chilling out in the house kind of doing some shenanigans they encounter the man that has been living in the bunker underneath the house secretly like a parasite on the park family roll
1: credits and shenanigans ensue
0: It's crazy because they don't find the guy until, like, the end of Act 2.
1: Yeah. Let's just get into Bitch how and then you can finish that statement.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's get into Bitch how so I'm allowed to talk about things. Yeah. (laughs) Parasite, I think, is a very, like, classically structured movie, which is interesting Mm. because I think it, like, eschews a lot of, like, It's not a Western-made movie. Um, If you don't know already, Parasite is in Korean. It was filmed in Korea. Everyone who worked on it is Korean. Not everyone, but like many, many of the people
1: who worked on it are are Korean. Most of the
0: people who worked on it are Korean. But it very much follows. There's this thing in um, screenwriting called the three-act structure. It's like this kind of allegedly ubiquitous form of screenwriting and i have like very critical feelings about it because i think that like it's a very like western style storytelling and it well doesn't think about a lot of other forms of theater and film that exist but even though parasite issues a lot of western film values it does follow a three-act structure almost to a t inciting incident rising action, climax, falling action, like, like basically, to the letter.
1: Yes, and I think that it, what it does differently with the, the three-act structure is it fully, like, this, this movie and a lot of Bong Joon-ho's films like to play with genre in a way that I don't see a lot in American movies. Like, it makes full switches to, like, Okay, now, like, I feel like it's a comedy. Oh my god, now it's a tragedy. Oh my god, now it's a horror film? Like, there's, like, that one break in the middle where it, like, turns full horror movie. And you're like, yeah. I'm terrified. But the underneath the whole film is this, like, sense of foreboding. But, like, Bong Joon-ho is able to, like, keep it just enough tension where like i can still laugh when something is funny but also like feel the stakes under it the entire time and i think the thing with like the hero's journey and three act structure which is like taught a lot in in like dramatic writing in film in screenplay classes is a really like white patriarchal Idea That, like, your life happens in, like, one big event and, like, then you're changed forever and then everything is better from then on. Like, that's so boring. And I feel like even though it does follow three-act structure, women and, like, people of color and, like, queer people tend to write stories that have small incremental changes throughout like a lifetime because that's what life actually is like life is not defeating the big bad guy and like everything is fine like I feel like Parasite is still able to take those like here's like the little things that like work against me every day and then obviously has like a big climax also in Korean films there's always like almost always like a an amazing action scene that's like choreographed like an action scene and like that movie like then takes like a full turn into like an action film for like a whole scene which is just a very cool thing that korean films do kind of in the same in the same way that like indian movies like will break out into a dance number and then like it just makes sense even though like those things are so subtle and small up until they're they aren't subtle and small anymore it feels so different from like hero's journey and three-act structure
0: yeah I w- I was also going to say, like, another way in which Parasite, like, eschews the the Western ideal of storytelling is it's definitely not a Hero's Journey film. And I actually think that ties in a lot thematically into what it's about. It's very much an ensemble movie. Yes. Like, I would say, like, one of the most ensemble movies that I've seen in my lifetime. Um like it's up there with some of the great ensemble casts and I think this like something that I think westerners struggle with especially in terms of developing class consciousness is breaking out of an individualist mindset surrounding money and so like I think the hero's journey is actually like a super like neoliberal capitalist way of storytelling specifically because it like it revolves around the idea of like an individual's quest for success but Mm -hmm. as we're like kind of dismantling these thought structures we have around what success means what does money mean to us like what does money have to do with art like moving away from movies about the individual I think is really impactful and so having a movie that is so class conscious and so um, nuanced and intricate with its discussion of class having it be an ensemble film with I would say like six main
1: characters
0: Like, the whole family. There's eight main characters.
1: I feel like there's no concept of main character in this movie.
0: Yeah, exactly. Almost. And I think all of them have stellar acting moments, like like any actor would be lucky to have a part in this movie. And I think that collectivist mindset in storytelling is impactful to the content of this movie. The form and the content, I think, are very in conversation
1: that concept of ensemble, like, filling out this movie makes so much sense, because, like, in an Eastern culture, it makes sense that you'd bring your family up with you. Like, the fact that, like, that's not even a question, that he's, like, oh, actually, you know what we could do? We could all, like, benefit from this, versus, like, I feel like in a Western movie, it'd be, like, you know how Troy Bolton, um, just gets... Um, leaves his entire leaves his whole group of friends to go hang out leaves all of his players. his black friends behind <laughs> yeah exactly like and and but that would be like his noble pursuit and i like that like when we were talking about this movie before like we were trying to pinpoint who we thought the main character was and i felt like when i was watching it the first time I was also trying to pinpoint like who do i follow who do i follow but it's it's not like any one person. It's the entire, it's like both of these families as they navigate. Who is the real parasite?
0: It's the wealthy.
1: Yeah. Another thing I really love about this movie is the conversation around class solidarity. And when the mom is like, she's nice because she's rich. And like that it's so much easier to be nicer when you're rich. Kind of in that it's so much easier to be vegan when you're rich. It's so much easier to buy ethically sourced clothes when you're rich. Yes. It's so much easier to Tie do in. those things because you have the financial ability to do so. You don't have to like be worrying about where your next meal is coming from. Like the Kim family, Like you have... It's so, it's so fascinating. And then when, um, the previous housekeeper is, is talking to the mom and she's like, sis, like, I like, please like help us out. She's like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Like we're, we are, we are trying to move up and how, why I'm going to leave you behind. And it's so much easier to have class solidarity when you're rich than it is when you're poor. And, and it, it's like the whole second half of the movie becomes two poor families fighting with each other and a rich fam like under the nose of a rich family and they did they don't even notice they're struggling up until it physically affects them
0: i i think something this movie does super well is show the inherent violence that capitalism perpetuates within classes and how useful it is for capitalists to have that violence like that is useful to them like the fight between the two families is not an accident of capitalism it's built into the whole thing i think this movie really started hitting like different like it hit the entire time like it hits from start to finish but like one the movie started really hitting different is when the flood scene occurs mm-hmm. um and i think for me like obviously like an a major a major theme like in the end of the movie is like the smell of the characters and like the dad being unable to like get his car keys from under the bleeding out man because oh of the my smell God. and like being willing to let Kijung like literally like bleed out because he, like, doesn't want to be, like, physically near poor people. And yeah. particularly the moment that every single time I see it makes me get, like, a little goose bumpy, is when the mother of the other family, I have her name up, and I don't think I'm going to say it right. Yon kyo Yon kyo Please. Please. We please have so many friends us. from Korea who are going to roast me. In
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: but when she's on the phone and she's like the little rain ruined our camping trip but we're resilient we turned it into a garden party yeah that fucked me up
1: yeah and it happens after we see um the kim family like go through all of the all of the shit and like literal shit because the toilet explodes but like they go through all of that then they figure out a way to get back to the house so that they can, like, do the party or whatever. And then she's like, oh my god, the rain was, like, so good for the garden. So we're having a garden yeah. party. And you're like, someone's sprinkler system is someone else's flood. Something that I didn't think
0: about until we were talking about it now and since we, we've been talking about the environment and, like,
1: mm-hmm. oh, that's yeah. been coming
0: up... Um, I think that the flood is also kind of a little like kind of slight nod to environmental classism and how the first people to be affected by climate change are going to be the poorest people because
1: yes I saw a tweet the other day that was like you are closer to becoming to becoming a climate refugee than you are than you are to becoming a billionaire and I was like
0: yeah 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 something that I find very interesting like the way that the differences between the two families are really like stark one of the ways that really struck me is the fact that the entire like trauma that Da Song the the young boy goes through like like in the end of the movie he has he like kind of faints because he's like watching this like crazy encounter and they call an ambulance for him instead of calling an ambulance for Ki Jung who is oh literally been stabbed in the chest his entire trauma is that he just saw a poor person that's his trauma he saw a poor person and now he can't get over it
1: oh my like that's God. like a major
0: plot point of the movie is like dasong has this like this like crazy trauma he was like up in the middle of the night eating cake and he saw a poor man
1: i mean to be fair he thought it was like a ghost <laughs> to be and fair he was he's like, five
0: and it yeah, was a man in a his baby. house
1: but also the fact that like the poor haunt the rich uh but like yeah. not like the older like older rich people it's like the the children of rich people i just think that like is an interesting thing that i haven't like thought about the use of lines in this film you're talking Mm. about smell and like the ways in which not only do rich people distance themselves from poor people in class but they also like physically like cannot be near them but the way that lines are used in terms of like yeah like no one can cross their line but also like visually the way things are shot is like the Park family and the Kim family, like there's always a line between them. Like and if you cross that line, that's when something like really bad happens. Either like <laughs> like a literal like stabbing or or like when um the housekeeper before the Kim family like fully infiltrates the system when she like claps and to wake the mom up. Like that's her crossing that line and you visually can see where she crosses the line. It's like so yeah. lovely. The way that Bong Jun Ho like Shoots all of his movies are so visually stunning. Like Snowpiercer is one of my favorite movies. Like it is so visually bold. Um and like Parasite is probably like less visually bold compared to Snowpiercer, but there's still this like very sophisticated, articulated way that he like shoots his films and it's so it's just so cool to like see a movie like that when. The
0: I think it feels just visually like symphonic. Like it when when you watch Jojo Rabbit, the production design kind of, like, smacks you in the face. And I find that yeah. sexy. Like, I love yeah. a production design that's willing to be like, I'm a production design. Someone designed me. But, like, this movie feels like... So I called it symphonic. But I would say, like, I would compare this movie to, like, a very, very fine meal that was, like... <gasps> Like every single element of it was like carefully crafted and carefully like presented, even though you don't watch it and think like, wow, that's production design. You can you can feel the echoes of production design in a way that is so subtle and delicate and delightful. And this movie is an amazing... Like, Bong Joon-ho knows how to handle production design and delicacy. And he also knows how to handle brutalism. And Mm. that contrast is so sexy. I think one of the sexiest, ickiest part of the movie is when um, Ki-woo is knocked out with the stone. And you hear the crunch (laughs) of it hitting his head. Stop,
1: stop. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the whole movie has been like all these
0: like delicate things like i think that's like that's when the movie starts really well not when the movie has like started to get really gritty and you're like you're watching it and you're like kind of like waiting for it but like you're you're waiting for the movie version of it you're not waiting for the crunch
1: something about this movie feels so fucking real like cuz this is something everything that happens in this movie could actually happen and like yes there's some moments where it it goes into a place where you're like oh my god but it, it like this this maybe like is outside the bounds of like reality but everything is still so real and visceral so when it switches genre and becomes like hilarious and then also horribly tragic and then also terrifying i'm never questioning tone because something about it like is so real even the moments of violence that get get kind of into like a place that's like Uh, Like a movie like Old Boy or like I saw the devil, like even those action sequences, like nothing feels out of place in this movie.
0: I think this movie is a perfect example of something that we talk about a lot about how realism isn't always realism, and like how pushing the boundaries of what could really happen and like achieving fantasticism and specificity that can make something that's more real than a movie that's just like what would actually happen here, like what would actually actually happen, and and this movie plays with your suspension of disbelief in a way that's really delightful because I I think what you the kind of like internal conversation you had where you were like this could actually happen could it actually it could actually happen is like exactly the like kind of thought process this movie wants you to have like just barely able to like suspend your disbelief in it and because the movie is willing to push the boundaries of fantasticism you can see the reality within it that is heightened like the moments where they're like literally being gassed in their apartment or like they're like wading through shit trying to get their belongings like those feel so real and raw and then the fantasticism of the movie I think it contrasts a horror movie style violence with the everyday regular life violence of being poor and Mm. draws a parallel between those two things and makes it feel very visceral. Yeah. Also, this movie just fucks with your mirror neurons.
1: Yes. My favorite movies of last year in terms of, like, blocking were Little Women and Parasite because I feel like the way that those scenes are blocked, which is not something that people think about very much anymore, but because, like, but blocking... We do, but we do because we're in But we do because we're in theater school. But the way that these movies are blocked and how the camera follows the characters and how the characters are situated with each other, like, there's moments of, like, intense claustrophobia when they're all in their semi-basement home and then the ways in which they spread out and the ways in which the camera follows the mom as she's like walking through the house um, and like making her way and like doing chores and things like everything feels so like that's also a moment of like where it feels so so real and like I'm like in it with them like everything in this movie is so good I can't think of an aspect of it that I didn't like but also it doesn't hit you over the head with it it just feels like I am existing in this space with them
0: 2019 was, like, a year for movies. Yeah. And just, like, off the top of my head, I'm thinking of, like, a couple movies that I really love. Like, I'm thinking about 1917, Little Women, Jojo jo Rabbit, Uncut Gems. Like, just kind of, like, off the top of my head. And each of those movies was really masterful in, like, their own way. I mean, like, obviously, like, fuck warmer movies, stopped making them. But 1917 was sexy. Um,
1: yeah, 1917 was sexy. <laughs> I've never felt so on edge the entire, into- like, I... Was with 1917, I didn't realize how tense my muscles were the entire movie, and I realized I wasn't mm-hmm. breathing for like most of the movie
0: <laughs> That's what Uncut Gems is like, have you seen Uncut Gems Oh, that Gems one too,
1: yes, oh my god That movie seen...
0: I was like, the whole time I was like, can we stop?
1: <laughs> can we just stop the ride I want to get off? Have you seen Good Time? No Bro, you gotta watch Good Time, they made Good Time before they made Uncut Gems, and that one has Robert Pattinson, but same, same levels of intensity and stress <laughs> Like,
0: yeah Something I just wanted to point out is like I think this was a great movie for directors to kind of flex their stylistic muscles in a way that I think it kind of points to something that I find frustrating about the Oscars, which is that I think Little Women is so stylistically incredible and so nuanced and different from Parasite. And I think Parasite is stylistically incredible. And I think Jojo Rabbit is stylistically incredible and so different from Parasite and from Little Women and, so- and 1917 is so like I could go on and on mm-hmm. and something that frustrates me about the award system is that I don't necessarily like I think Parasite deserved to win I was the one holding the camera and screaming in yeah. the clip that you have heard the idea of being like this movie is better is in conflict with a lot of what I believe and know to be true about art which isn't necessarily what movie is like good and what movie isn't good but yeah. like How does this, how good is this movie at doing what it's trying to do? How is good is this movie about being personal and specific to the um, artists that were involved in making it? And I think Parasite is maybe flawless in its specificity. I mean, like, I don't think it's a flawless movie. Like, there's like, I've got like maybe two problems with it. I think I've got one major problem with it. We can talk about it once I finish this little rant. (laughs) <laughs> um, but in in its specificity, this movie is flawless. Every single actor has a moment of like acute personality. The cinematography is nothing but personality. The the production design is like it is brimming with artistic soul. And I think a lot of movies that came out in 2019 were also brimming with artistic soul.
1: It was really lovely to see Greta Gerwig's the way her her cinematic uh style has changed from Ladybird to this to little women but you felt like Ladybird in there. It was it was cool to see Jojo Rabbit which had like Taika Waititi's like comedy and and like love and heart in in something like that is more grounded than like a Marvel movie. It was it's cool to see not like people's like sophomore movies but like their growth but yeah like yeah what sucks about the oscars is that we can't like all sit there and like all get little ribbons that like say what we did best that year but i wish we could
0: i think it's a very capitalist form of like appreciating art is like yeah. this which art is the best art which art yeah. is the like most winnery. like yeah. i don't think that's how artwork works at all i don't think that's emblematic at all of our experience of making art especially yeah. like we go to a school where, um, where we're producing, like, 30 to 50 shows a year. Yeah. Um, th- shows a semester, semester, not a year. Yeah. Um, and um, most people are working on two to ten of them.
2: <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Most people are working on many, many different ones of them. And, and even if you're not working on them, a lot of people have, like, you have, like, an eye in a lot of different ones. And... I don't feel like I go and watch our festivals and feel like, which is the best? I feel like I'm watching the festivals and I'm like, wow, like this is what people, this is what's going on in people's brains. And I wish yeah. that we as like a, an artistic community, this is kind of bitch ish but whatever. Yeah, a
1: little bit, but it's fine. Structure um, is
0: a construct. We literally constructed the structure.
1: Uh, We did. But I feel like the idea of sweeping like, when Parasite swept, but it didn't sweep because uh, none of their actors were nominated, which was bullshit, but, like,
0: tragedy, (sighs) snub, sorry, I was just talking about how competition is fake, but all the actors in Parasite were snubbed.
1: But that idea of sweeping, like, when Hamilton swept the Tonys, like, then, then all of the other things that year feel like they get discredited because they didn't win something, but can you really be the best at everything? And also, like, is... Any one piece of art supposed to be the best at everything? What does that mean? Oh, we're really getting into why.
0: Well, I wanna talk about the one thing I don't get about it about this movie. The relationship between Kiwu and Oh Dahai. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Why was that in
0: this movie? I think about that a lot. Know. I think maybe it has something to do with like how being poor like stunts you developmentally. like literally like being poor has like links to like development because of improper nutrition and mm. many other things. That's like the one thing that I just I wasn't sure what was going on and i it felt like a little bit exploitative of like a young actress to be like like kind of just like pretty and young and like wide-eyed but i yeah mimi in the middle here i think this movie is nearly perfect
1: i don't think that's a thing anywhere but like it was weird that he's like i'm gonna date her when she grabbed like
0: there were a lot of like them like making out scenes and i was like oh you're 14 um yeah and like i here's the thing like it it doesn't necessarily feel out of place in the movie. And it's a horror movie. Like, not everything in it is, like, something that I find kosher.
1: The way that he is, like, rooted to this girl um, through a romantic relationship doesn't feel like it was really necessary to the storytelling because, like, his sister doesn't have to, like, have an emotional connection to the boy she's tutoring. Like, it's weird. Like, it's just, like... W-
0: I would really love to hear, actually, from our listeners, I'd love to hear about, like, what you got out of that. Because I, it's the one thing in the movie, I've seen this movie, like, five or six times. And every time I watch it, I'm like, why do you have to have that weird melon feeding moment? I think maybe there's an interesting conversation there about, like, power dynamics, where it's like, he has power over her because he's a lot older than her, but she has power over him because she's rich.
1: And I think the way he gets to her romantically allows him to, like, sneak things into her room and, like, sneak time in her room. Like, there's there's yeah. stuff like that that, like, obviously doesn't make it okay, and I think, I guess the movie doesn't condemn it.
0: She could have been older and had the same dynamic. yeah. If, if it's, like, the idea, like, that they're pointing at power play, then I could be I could be down with that. I could find that a little sexy. But also, like, any situation where you are, like, putting a young actress... I, I doubt the actress is underage because that seems like it would be illegal. When you're putting an underage actress or an actress, like, like, made up to look underage and, like, putting them in, like, a sexual or semi-sexual relationship with someone who's significantly older or made up to look significantly older... Especially when you're, like, crossing, crossing the, like, boundaries into, like, hebophilia, pedophilia territory. I don't love when that happens because I just don't think that we should have that kind of sexualization. Like, I just don't think we should be watching that on our screen with our eye holes. But That's valid. We don't have to watch it. But maybe we do. So
1: talk to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, I want to know more about that. Like, I actually, I mean, I thought about it, but, like, not in an in-depth way. So I'm really glad you brought it up bitch time
0: bitch time
1: it's bitch time this is three minutes of our like uncritical unfiltered like feelings
0: no intelligence allowed no
1: intelligence allowed ready
0: go I've been thinking about the scene in the gym floor where the dad is talking about how all your plans will fail, so don't ever make them for my entire life, and I'm never gonna stop thinking about it. It I think it's the best acting moment in history.
1: Yes. Um I love when Bong joon Ho called the Oscars local. Yeah! That was King, speak! So that was so sexy of him. Uh when he's like, um, I'm actually like really big across the world and like uh like the oscars are just like local it's all american <laughs> i was like yes um
0: speak. king speak um shit uh one of my friends has a bong named bong Jun ho
1: that's valid
0: uh anyway that's just a fun fact
1: uh i don't have smart i like the peach. oh the peach sequence the peach peach sequence peaches sexy i've been thinking
0: about tuberculosis a lot recently because i am allergic to cats and i live with a cat so i have constant coughing fits um anyway (laughs) oh my god So Um, (laughs) tuberculosis has been on my mind
1: oh my god the part where the rich couple with the when the parks have sex and like oh my god and everyone's under the table and everyone's under the table and they're like pretend i'm poor oh <laughs> that role play okay. oh my god like it just like it's so oh my god it's just buy me, so intense buy me
0: drugs buy me drugs
1: buy Shut- me dr- ah! i'm like stop stop like
0: it's so much like- Stop banging! Oh, um, what? It, what? It, where? This is maybe intelligent. Um, I it should have gone, bitch. Why? Maybe it's fine. or bitch. How? Uh, just, just say all it. the use of Native American iconography.
1: Yeah, that's weird. Uh, What's I. What's doing? I don't know. I I wonder. I mean, like, if it's like in the same vein of like in Jojo Rabbit, where there is like some.
0: What's with all the random, like, Native American iconography? I mean, I, I just had a thought that it could possibly be about how, like, um, capitalism is, like, super Western and, like, like idolizing, like, Western racist values could definitely, like, be a feature of becoming extremely wealthy in Korea. But, like, um I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's also, like, in other cultures, like, you pull things from, like, Western um, influence and don't really know the the, like, context behind it. Um so I think like their ignorance of the context behind it plays into like the reason the kid wants to play like cowboys and indians or whatever like um and the fact that they don't understand like the colonialist impact of that like there's you know and then like Korea and Japan have like a a very intense like relationship yeah. with colonialism Oh my God. with we...
0: you, the handmaiden. That speaking was... of colonialism. We wasted all of our bitching we wasted with intelligence being smart. Do we have anything <laughs> I was just gonna say that I don't think any of the movie characters in this movie are allowed to be naked? No. I think they forfeited their right to nudity. Maybe the sister can be naked.:
1: I was gonna say the sister because she's really Hee jung Yes, because she's so she's pretty. She's so pretty. Bro, she also like fucking dies, though. Yeah, actually, dead Fuck. characters can be naked sometimes. She's allowed to be naked. She dies. And she honestly, like, doesn't even do, like, the worst stuff in that movie. I like, wish she
0: didn't die anyway. Yeah.
1: You know what's so funny is the actor who plays um the dad in the Kim family is, like, one of the best actors in Korea. So the scene where the son is teaching him how to act is, like, super funny because he's, like, one of the best actors ever. He's also, like, just one of the best actors on the planet. Like, oh, snub. yeah. Yeah, total snub. How did What's-Her-Name,
0: Scarlett Johansson, get,
1: get two nominations
0: two nominations when the entire cast of Parasite was right there? Like, I guess she was kind of good in Jojo Rabbit, but also, like, stop giving her things.
1: She's definitely better in Jojo Rabbit than she was in Marriage Story. I really didn't like her performance in Marriage Story at all. Also, like, anyone would have a hard time acting opposite of Adam Driver, but, like, damn girl, like, you didn't hold it together at all. Is
0: Adam Driver just, like, a lot better in that movie?
1: He's such a fantastic actor.
0: He's a good... He's a fantastic actor. He's good and in And he seems everything. like a good person, and I like that he's a little ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but in a hot way. Yes. Yeah! He's ugly in a hot way. I think that people are ugly. that are ugly are actually hot.
1: He's unconventionally attractive. Let's get into Bitch Why. I guess we're already in it. We're in Bitch Why now. Um, we really, like, ha- could not be we were so smart we like had to be smart during bitch time (laughs) did you know it would take it would take the sun 564 years to buy that house that's so sad it really like comes up against this idea this like mantra of like late state cap late stage capitalism that like anyone can rise up in the ranks and I know anyone that like can our our idea is like of the American dream but like I feel like the American dream has like infected like a parasite infected the entire world
0: um I just thought about that ending sequence and I got like a physical ache in my chest
1: oh my god Did you know people have been, like, going to the houses, like, the semi-basements in Parasite and, like, taking pictures of them? Like, tourism? What do we think about rich people watching Parasite? Oh my god, Chrissy Teigen was like, oh my god, I loved Parasite. And I was like, ma'am, I love you, Chrissy Teigen, but, like, you are the Parasite. Do you know? Did you know it's you? Do you know it's about you? Like, I love you so much, but, like, please know it's about you.
0: One of the the dangers of the subtlety of the filmmaking is that rich people can watch this movie and be like, the parasite was the poor man living in the basement.
1: Well, I mean, also in the same way that, like, white people can watch, like, Get Out and be like, oh, no, like, I'm kind of like those white people, but I'm not because I don't harvest uh, the bodies of black people. Right? Like, it's hard. It's really hard to, like, make white people feel uncomfortable and complicit. Uh, while also not alienating them to the point where they don't watch the thing.
0: We have to figure it out. Like, this is going to have to be one of our great quests.
1: I feel like Get Out and Parasite are, like, on the right track, though.
0: They're on the right track. I think, like, Slave Play is getting there. That's a play that nobody outside of theater has heard of, but everyone in theater has.
1: It does it so loudly and so, like, in a way that you can't ignore it. And I think Get Out did that, too, and I think Parasite also does it. But the problem with those things becoming mainstream, the mainstream of it all is the problem, but then also, like, how do you get people to see your message? I mean, if anything, that's, like, what Parasite is about, like... Okay, here's some like here's some Hollywood tea. Guy, are you ready for the Hollywood yeah. tea? Oh boy. Harvey Weinstein almost ruined Bong Joon-ho's career in America.
0: <laughs> On brand.
1: Because he, he tried to, he was a producer on Snowpiercer, he tried to tank the movie because Bong Joon-ho did not make some changes that Harvey Weinstein wanted, so he tried to like tank that release of that movie too bad for him because Snowpiercer actually did really well and has like a huge cult following because it was on Netflix, also Okja, which, which was also on Netflix and it wasn't able to go to any studio because no other studio wanted to finance it after the movie is mostly, or has a lot of scenes in Korean. Bong Joon-ho like is He's a major cinematic figure all over the world but like harvey weinstein really tried to ruin him but he won for Parasite, so like harvey weinstein also he like rotten prison sir but
0: <laughs> he can die he can that's die. okay he
1: can it's okay die. if harvey dies
0: when harvey dies his body will be eaten by
1: things this you gaia you really like circle of life does at the beginning and then also at the yeah. end um Oh my god, speaking of Circle of Life, live action Lion King sequel directed by Barry Jenkins? Is it going to be based on The Lion King 2?
0: I think it'll the be King like- Lion King 2 is a sexy movie.
1: It is a sexy movie, but like, it's supposed to go the other way around, where you like direct a Marvel movie or a Disney movie, and then you never have to and do it again. And then you free. Like the Taika Waititi method, but damn, Barry Jenkins, Barry Oscar winner for Moonlight Jenkins really had to- <laughs> I feel so bad. Barry! Barry, traitor. what's going on, sir? He's not a traitor. He's just trying to, like, secure that bag. He's doing but, something like, for Disney. But let him secure the bag! I mean,
0: obviously, like, he yeah. deserves it after Moonlight. But, like, Barry, right. like, speak to me, man. Like, what's going on, sir? Like, King, like, Moonlight is, like, one of the best movies ever made.
1: If they make Bong Joon-ho do the Mulan sequel, I'll throw up. <laughs> like, I'll, I'm, I'll, I, will, All right. I will cease to exist. <laughs> okay okay okay
0: so we actually saved all of our unintelligence for bitch Y yeah we
1: really, like <laughs> started getting stupid now
0: <laughs> we like we accidentally like drained the intelligence during bitch time um i think one sexy impact of this movie was that it taught americans how to read subtitles.
1: <laughs> yeah hey hey white people it's so easy there's a world like that quote. There's a world of uh, amazing movies uh, that that are just outside of your reach if you just you know decide to like learn to read. Um, you can read. You can read. Literacy I promise you is you can. very sexy. Um, something I love is the sentiment that like Bong Joon Ho is like I was just trying to make a movie about Korea, but it turns out we all live in the same country called capitalism, which is like. King. The thesis of this movie, and I think the thesis of, like, how we're operating now um, in the art that we're making. I have hope that this movie will change things. It's also, like, gave me a lot of hope as, like, a filmmaker that if you make mm-hmm. something with quality and heart and it touches people in the way that because you're trying to reach them from a place of quality and heart, hopefully people will listen.
0: I feel like talking today, like like not to like zoom out a little too much talking today about like the movies of 2019 that hit like made me like remember that art is good yeah like, like damn like remember before the pandemic when we were watching like amazing movies and like creating with vigor and hunger and like you know what like that's not dead it's not dead it's not dead it's just sleeping it got like knocked out but like we put an ice pack on.
1: Yeah, she's fine. She just like needed a nap. What I love about Bong Joon-ho's body of work is it almost always is talking about class, and I feel like something as artists we're always worried about like mining our trauma. Where I'm like, okay, I I already talked about this one thing I can't talk about it in my art again. And it's like, no, 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 you can. Like looking at his first movie to now, they all do it and like it just keeps getting better and better in terms of like going deeper and exploring the thing so like don't be precious with your art and and the first time you talk about the thing is not going to be the last time you get to talk about the thing so like keep talking about it and don't be precious with it and like me writing plays now about my like experience of like being in the diaspora like I can keep talking about that for the rest of my life and as long as like I keep finding new ways to tell that story like that part of me isn't like over mind. And also like as long as people
0: need to hear that story, that story will find them. Thank you to Parasite for Thank being good. Thank you
1: to good. Parasite for being good. And I think like it's so cool to see a, a movie that like resonated with so many people became mainstream, became popular on the mainstream. Seeing a foreign film being popular in that way is so exciting for like indian movies i think it's like so exciting for me to like see like a foreign film because also slumdog millionaire you guys is not a foreign film unless you count like british people but i don't give a fuck about the british so like um Can we stop like supporting british art? stop supporting british movies about indian people support indian movies about indian people also people were comparing like parasite to slumdog in the fact that like uh, both those actors like the movie was nominated for best picture but the actors were not nominated in the acting categories and I was like yeah what's the what's the similarity could it be Asianness? could it be can
0: can <laughs> can white people like stop like like trying to like make movies about Asian people
1: bro stop making movies way. about me I'll make movies about myself leave me alone
0: please like and I'm begging you and I'm like actually begging you like put people of color on your production teams
1: yeah Here's here's big boy impact time, is that uh, the Oscars literally have a diversity meter of their own now. Have you heard about this? No. Oh my god, Gaia. Starting in 2024 in the 96th Oscars... A film must meet two out of four of the following standards to be deemed eligible to win an Oscar. So the standard Uh-oh. is on-screen representation with themes and narratives, like the lead or significant supporting actors need to be people of color, um, or an underrepresented race or ethnicity. I'm, like, reading through it. The general ensemble cast... of all actors must be women, uh, BIPOC, or queer people, or have a physical disability. It's interesting. I am still, like, wavering on, like, I'm a little nervous. Also, in creative leadership and department, like, they need to meet specific standards as well. It's, like, exciting, but I'm cautious.
0: You know, in middle school, I don't know if this happened in your middle school, in my middle school, We would play flag football, and there was a rule that you had to throw the ball to at least two girls in order to make a touchdown. Oh, my God. Yeah, that happened in middle school to me, too. I was not, like, a sports ball. Like, back when I was a cis woman, remember that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Barely. (laughs) Um,
0: I was, like, not into sports, but, like, they would make you, like, stand near the touchdown line, and, like, they would, like, be like, and then, like, take it back. That's the way I feel about that announcement. But also, like, maybe it'll do some real good because apparently the fact that it costs zero dollars and zero cents to have BIPOC people and queer people and women on your production teams is not enough.
1: Right. I think it's a step. Uh, but it's definitely not the end game. Um, I I'm more worried about like independent studios and distributors. I'm not yeah. worried about like big boy studios like being able to do that. Also, like they need to have paid internships and apprenticeship opportunities that women and pay people
0: in makers. the performing. Yeah, cards.
1: literally, like you <laughs> pay pay people you for you, their like, labor. Like, I like
0: desperately want to like learn about art making, but I cannot afford to.
1: Um, there there's such a barrier to entry in the art world because people are like, oh, I like worked for this and like this off Broadway theater, and I'm like, yeah, but you also like daddy paid for everything so that you could do that. You like, know,
0: I just like cannot simply afford to do any of the art internships that I'd love to do.
1: Yeah, because um, they're not paid.
0: Pay your interns.
1: My only thing is like I'm happy about this, but I'm erring on the side of caution. Also like. I haven't heard of any white directors complaining yet, but I'm sure they will come 2024 and their oh. movie doesn't get nominated.
0: I just don't think the white men have heard about this yet.
1: Oh, they have? But it hasn't affected their movies yet because it'll be like anything that's being made right now doesn't have to follow the standard. But once we hit the 2024 Oscars, that'll become a thing. My last thing is that I hope that Parasite changes the perception of what can win Best Picture. I'm interested for that change to happen, I hope it happens in a way that is positive and not negative. And that is all.
0: Watch Bong Joon-ho's discography. I watch need to watch more. His of
1: discography, movies. his filmography.
0: <laughs> I don't know the I love difference you. between singers and, and movie guys. They're all artists. Boys.
1: We're all artists. It doesn't matter. We're good. You
0: Goodbye. hit the little red record button? You're a discographer. <laughs> 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 anyway, let's get into the bitch music. The bitch meter, it's like just a little, it's a little dial. You can imagine it like a, like a meter. We, we score in six categories, um, and then do math to give movies a score out of 10.
1: Maybe the Oscars should take a note out of our bitch meter book. They should have to display a bitch meter. Yes. Anyway. What did we
0: give it for queer, Gaia? We simply did not apply it. Yeah. For gender, we spoke extensively about what to give it for gender. Um, we ended up giving it an NA minus one half because there's, like, They didn't really touch gender in, like, an extremely critical way. Um, I I had a roommate who was, like, really, really intrigued and interested in Korean feminism. And it was, like, the only thing he spoke to me about. Um, Shout out to Dan, um, my king. And so I know there's a lot of, like, nuance in Korea that is, like, extremely different from Western feminism. And would love for any of our Korean listeners, if they're, like, interested in speaking about that, to speak about it. They just didn't really touch it.
1: Yeah. They could have. Uh, for race, we gave it a five because, of course, we did. Like, not a single white character. Yes, because white people don't exist not a single one. in Korea. <laughs> I wish. Um we,
0: We've evolved past the need for, for white, white actors. People. Like, cast me, but, like, don't bother.
1: Yeah, but also, like, this, also, I just think it touches on colorism in a really cool way, too.
0: Disability, not applicable. Yeah. They just didn't touch it. Body positivity, we gave it our customary... Well, okay, kind of our customary. Uh, we gave it minus one half because there were a lot of normal-looking bodies on screen, but still not as many as there could be.
1: Exactly. Perfect. Uh, for class, we gave it a five because, of course. Of course. Yeah, listen to the rest of the episode if you want to know why we gave it a five for class. I don't need to say any more. So do you think people, like, skip to this part of the episode? <laughs> just to see what we said. Hi, if you just skip to this part. That would be so wildly funny. Okay, uh, which gives it a... Nine out of ten. Thank God. Whoa, um, highest score we've ever given Highest anything. score ever, and I think, like, no other thing should surpass it. Let's call Harris. It's time for Harris's hot take. Yes, hello. hello. Hi, Harris.
2: Hi, how are you? Harris,
1: I love you. Uh, Gaia says they uh, love you.
2: Gaia, I love you too.
1: We are recording an episode on *Parasite*.
2: Oh my god, what a surprise! Oh. I didn't see the Instagram post about that.
1: <laughs> um, you should watch <laughs> *Us* though, because I think you'd really I like will. it.
2: I love me some horror. We
1: love horror movies. I That's miss you smart, so much. Smart horror. Yes, incredibly Speaking smart horror.
2: Speaking of smart movies,
1: <laughs> yes. What did you? What's your hot take on *Parasite*, Harris?
2: So I was thinking about it a lot because I knew this question was coming, <laughs> um, and. I for one thing I think Jessica the the sister mm-hmm. uh her name I think she I just wanted her more I just wanted more oh, of her cuz yeah. she's great a great actor. Yeah. And the second thing that's a hot take. Um I've been thinking a lot about uh what makes humans evil. Uh mm. because the the English teacher I'm farming with <laughs> teaches Lord of the Flies. Every year to his students, and like he teaches that there's like evil in all men. And *Parasite* really is—it really was like no, the, the reason people are evil is is money. And every day I'm learning that that is more and more true. um And I think *Parasite* was kind of the stepping stone for that uh, insight into looking at the world. So I love *Parasite*, but it's also making me super depressed as I as I go forward in my
1: life, Paris Remember when you were a capitalist?
2: Yes. Fun fact.
1: <laughs> yes. Rip to Harris
2: being <laughs> okay, a capitalist. Okay, so
1: Parasite really like had this is the impact right here, folks. Wow. Yeah, I am no longer Harris a was capitalist. No... That's so sexy of you, Harris.
2: Yeah. Um. I I don't know if it was Parasite that did that, but I think Parasite was definitely the the stepping stone. I think really living with Gaia and Adeline did that.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: And then I feel like on a farm.
1: *Parasite* was the final nail in the coffin. Yeah, yeah working on the farm yeah. was. But the it's a great name. movie. And working on the farm.
2: I really think everybody should watch it. But I also think everybody should watch it with like a communist, <laughs> so they don't interpret it. As, Accidentally empathize as with as the, the like, rich oh, people. Oh, these poor rich people. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I love it. This is on growth.
2: Yeah. I'm so yeah. proud of you, Harris. <sighs> All right, I love you so much.
1: Mwah. Bye. Bye. That was great. That was such an awesome hot take. That was actually one of Harris, Harris's
0: hottest takes so far. And
1: the, the hottest thing about it is that the take was about himself.
0: Yeah. Maybe the real yeah. hot takes were the friends we made along the way. ha.
1: <laughs> Fantastic.
0: What are you working on right now?
1: Okay, so I am uh, writing for a new website uh that my friend oh. started. It's so exciting. Um look out for that. The website is called Mi Voce y La Tuya, which means my voice and yours. I'm a writer now. Speaking of writing, I'm also reading a uh, Gaia's collection of poems and they're so lovely. So that's also what I'm working on because people keep like asking me for feedback, so I guess I'm like smart or whatever and like have yeah, things you are. to say. So Gaia, what are you working on? I am working
0: on repairing the uh, greenhouse on my organic farm, and also, <laughs> um, I really, my life has been quite consumed by this collection of poetry. If most of the people who listen right now are pals of mine, so if you're interested in reading this yeah. collection, I'm yeah, trying Gaia. to submit it to some small press publication networks. So I'm trying to like get it out there. It's Longer than you would expect, but also not that long.
1: Yes. Also, you can totally publish bits and pieces of it on the website.
0: Yeah. um, Zeno's Paradox
1: anyone it's my poetry collection <laughs> it's beautiful it's so lovely it's time to plug, plug you plug, can plug. follow me on twitter and instagram at underscore thadani and you can follow
0: me on instagram at Gaia roserver i realize i never spell anything in mine but it's g-a-i-a
1: we also wrote it down for you like you can just scroll to the show notes and like see it but i just assuming you're anyway. literate
0: but if you're white and you've seen parasite you've recently become literate
1: Yes, exactly. Um, oh my god, you can follow the BitchY Podcast on Instagram and Twitter at BitchY Podcast, and you can email us at b.tchwhy at gmail.com. I spelled it for you there. Wait, should we talk about Hannah's email real quick? Fuck Hannah, we know about so your email and
0: we're going Hannah, to read it on this podcast.
1: Yes, we will. It's so lovely and sweet. We'll talk about it please give us a little review we
0: love them and we read them and we yes. we screenshot them and put them in our group chat and <laughs> um yes. and you know all the resources referenced they're gonna be in the show notes thanks to editor and co-producer cameron the eternal king the absolute yes. legend himself and to our graphic designer Julian, yes a queen good night
1: bitches good night bitches